0: You are listening to 101.5 UMFM. The radio show is Broken Headphones. The radio show and podcast of Studio 393 and Graffiti Art Programming. What we are is a youth-centered arts drop-in that focuses on beat making, visual arts as in graphic design, painting, dance, rapping, whatever else we got it. It's all free programming. This week's interview is with Mahalit Cuff, done by Sapphire. Mahalit Cuff is an activist, an organizer, a broadcaster, a photographer, a member of Rind Winnipeg Collective Patterns, as well as a radio show host with Femisphere. Please check it out. This is a time in North America and all over the world that is focus on change, the role of police, the role of what our governments are, Black Lives Matter, Indigenous Lives Matter. Please stay tuned as these two talk about what is to come and what has happened.
1: Wow. How are you feeling? How are you doing? Like, what's good? And like, what's keeping you grounded right now?
2: Mm, that's a really good question, because I'm always trying to like, remember like to ground myself with all the stuff that's been going on. But like, uh i've been doing it's, it's definitely a mixture of like highs and lows where i'm like i feel really 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 good and others like oh i feel so 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 better like it's just like in the middle like numbness so i remember like two weeks ago three weeks ago i was like just feeling super super numb with all the things that were going on and, like the people that were being shot in like all the grief and stuff like that and then putting to, like putting my like numbness into action where i was like okay i need to like figure something out and like i i can't be the only person feeling these feelings So like putting a post mm-hmm. on facebook saying like hey black people <laughs> who want to like <laughs> organize like a rally or something in the middle of a pandemic reminding myself that too like some people don't want to like be around each other and then putting that the yeah. book, and then like just things coming together where, like other people are like yeah I want to do that too and like I want to do that too and then having this group of people and then spending a whole week of like planning and executing and crying and laughing and just like trying to be like <laughs> the most productive else try to keep taking care of myself at the same time. But definitely like for I'll be honest, like I did not eat like the week for the rally leading up to the day of the rally. I was like, co like I I can eat. I'll get I'll eat some chips and I'll I'll drink water, but like as long as I'm hydrated, quote unquote hydrated. <laughs> that's <all I> <laughs> so And then the day of the rally happens, running around still like trying to make sure things are like in place and then look and six o'clock hits, looking out I'm like, oh damn, like there are people here. <laughs> like a lot of people
1: i'm telling you i was thinking about it i was like how do you even quantify this movement as like "Do you quantify it by the twenty thousand plus people that showed up with their bodies do we quantify it as the amount of donations that folks have received do we quantify it by like the emails that have been sent out to our officials and to our representatives or even by like the the, the amounts, like the outstanding number of expressions of both peace, of happiness, of rage and of sorrow and like all of the solidarity that took place in that day. Like, how do you, <laughs> I'm trying to like, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. How do you even quantify what's happening?
2: I know, I think it'll take me a very, very long time to like figure out how I really, really felt and how like, take all those, like, aspects of it and be like, okay, how do I put it into words? Because even, like, I think I made a post, like, I don't know how to put it into words. It was weird and anxious and, like, awkward and amazing. And I felt, like, I'm just, like, trying to be myself all the same time. So I find, like, the ground, like, grinding myself in a sense of, like, still trying to be goofy the way I am and, like, trying to, still, like, you know, be serious. But, like, yeah, with, like, quantifying those all aspects, but also thinking, like, people that, uh the, the peaceful aspect of it which is really interesting because we thought you know it, it might not be peaceful in the sense that people might just like drive in and be dumb but the people that were even driving on the street had posters were like yeah like I love like BLM I'm like damn like even people on the streets like who can it like physically like walk in the streets, like had their cars like revved up to like play music and do whatever and like I think about people that were not able to be there in person so like live streaming it or like hearing it from friends who are trying to keep their best like online to like see people's stories to stay intact. So even those people too, right? Think about people who yeah. can't leave their homes because of like, you know, lived experience, like lived uh, expectations within their, with their, their own home, accessibility and stuff like that too, right? So like, yeah. like yeah,
1: I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> it's, it's bonkers. Like I was really thinking about um, the organ like the organizing aspect of this movement. So there's a couple of things. There's, the movement in itself, and then, like, right now, I kind of want to touch on, like, how the process of, of even putting this together. Um, being in a crowd, because the rally is a one aspect of what's happening right now, and a one aspect of what I feel um, Justice for Black Lives is moving forward with. And so, what a very, very powerful statement, like, what's happening, you know? And so, I've never felt so safe. I've never felt so Safe, um, and given that I felt that um, that safe in a crowd of twenty plus thousand people is insane. Like that's radical. Um, I felt seen. I felt heard. And I felt understood in the midst of being among twenty thousand people. And I feel like that was not by coincidence. So as organizers what are some of the things that you did to ensure the safety of everyone that was there at the rally and make space for the rage for the sorrow for the anger and for the for the grief
2: yeah just yeah all those things right like i think people need to understand too in terms of organizing it can never be one person like, if I did this all by myself, yo, I would not be alive right now. I'll be somewhere <laughs> else. Like, it takes, like, a. It, there was nine of, it took, yeah, nine of us. But even nine of us, it's, like, you think about two, like, there could have been 35 of us. It still wouldn't be enough. But knowing that you just can't do it with one person. So, like, thinking about mm-hmm. the group of people that I organize with, I can't thank them enough. And, like, the the like how smart they are, how critical they are, everything, and, like, thinking, making sure everything's in place. So I think it was an effort between the group of people that, uh, we've how i've been organizing with but also the community as well and like the community outpour of like love and support i think, mm-hmm. think about the fact that we didn't have police there because we don't need the police like they are not necessary nope. at all <laughs> like zero 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 and they're going to show up regardless right if we didn't want them or not but thinking about the community support in terms of like peacekeepers and like people like bear clan mama bear clan and like all these folks who have been trained to like de-escalate situations so when there were situations like small hints of it they're, like nope Kate, calm down. Kate, you calm down. And then they like, it was it was good, right? Regardless. So I think community efforts, it was a team effort. I think the community really, really wanted to be peaceful. So when the community wants something, they're going to do it regardless of how hard it will be and how much time we have and energy we have. We'll make sure it's peaceful. And I just can't thank the people enough for just being so, yeah, angry, but also like being able to like find the peace with an angry no, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like
1: that was, that's a really cool testament. There's two things that you said that I want to step on. Um, first off, I wanna give, okay, first a shout out to um, the, the act of solidarity within the act of community peacekeeping. So when, when we hear things like abolish the police, and I'll make space for you to share the demands that justice for black lives has afterwards, yeah. or like during this interview. But when we're saying like, we as a community can keep peace within our own, within ourselves, for ourselves and for each other, um and having that be embodied at the rally and when we're talking about solidarity between um communities whether it be like black folks indigenous folks or other people of color within the city because we saw everybody represent literally everybody represented we saw the young and the old it's all toxic oh my god and an elderly couple walking through the crowd you know this couple has to be like 70 plus years old and they decided to be there to get just holding her it, it was beautiful, it was so beautiful. Um, we saw the young, the old, the able bodied. Um, we saw um, folks who have like different like uh, mobility issues, so us like decide to, to come through and like bear their heart, bear their body with us. Um, and then even like the solidarity between um, Bear Clan and y'all, like it was really cool to see like the things that we've been talking about as community and with each other be embodied deliberately so within this rally. And so I just want to take this moment to like give y'all your roses so there's nine organizers. Now this is on the spot, but if you could just give us their name so we can have this moment of this interview, just to thank you all for your work and for your labor.
2: Mm. So there is, sorry, not nine, sorry, my brain cells eight. So there's myself, uh, Patel, uh ted uh kamisha jada ella diana and imani and i'm not gonna give out last names i'm not sure about that but the first names are all on instagram you can find us on there too but yeah they all of them bring different aspects to the group in terms of just like having experience with organizing or not having any experience but wanting to learn and like being like able to just like the day of like yep i'm gonna i'm gonna take a megaphone and run with it and just like scream and yell and like direct people so like I saw like a lot of folks who were like in the group were able to just like do it and get it done and like feel so empowered and be like yeah I want to keep doing this like for the rest of like of this year or, like this or my life and like I found my purpose like even for myself I found my purpose again I'm like oh like because you know COVID right I mean that's all like Ugh, yeah. I have no life anymore but then like, <laughs> <laughs> like well what am I well, doing here in my house <laughs> but I think it brought a lot of purpose to like a lot of folks in the group and like really validated what it means to be a black person in Winnipeg and knowing that you can do something about it and not just like you know mm-hmm. social media is important too there's so many aspects of like activism and like community support and stuff like that but being able to put action to it and knowing the privileges that we have as able-bodied people for most of us in, in the group and having the privilege of wanting to, like having like the chance to speak out and feeling confident about you so yeah and then uh thinking about the try oh in terms of just like the safety aspect and the peacefulness too and like the community yeah we've been talking about this for years right in terms of community support we don't need to like you know have all these like yeah police and ab- I mean, we, like abolishing the police is like a real thing it can it will happen and it can happen it has happened so thinking about people who within the harm reduction realm who deal with like really high risk situations and have never killed anyone in their lives and never oh, at all nothing right they are trained and they have, like, the time and the patience and the caring and the love, not only those, for those people, but they have lived experience of being in those similar situations to to so they're able to apply it and be like, okay, how can I do this properly in the best way possible, right? Because these are youth being, like, killed. These are families. These are, like, fathers, mothers, sisters, siblings. And keep, they, they think about, like, make them a human again. Like, there's no humanization of, like, Black people and indigenous people and people of color where it's, like, you see them as, like, this angrier monster when it's, like, no, this isn't someone's brother. This is someone's, like, mom. Like, they have a life and, like, to bring to bring back down like even to say to, to bring it back down we've always been humans forever but like to really really center the humanization of like black people to say like you know that's a, they deserve to live and I shouldn't have to tell you that or tell anyone that but we have to say it time and time again but we're out here saying it again so
1: <laughs> yeah no we're, we're saying it again and, and it needs to be said. Um, and at the same time I really like highlighting on the fact that those people with these experiences, um and with this, with the training necessary to have that be a part of their lens um, to preserve lives. Uh, when we're talking about how we're touching on how these systems naturally dehumanize us and like not only dehumanize us, but like in their interactions with us, like these systems and institutions, um, and in this case uh, the police or the institution of policing. Um when we look at the safety aspect, so when we're looking at the rally and some of the actions that are being asked, can you tell me like some of the demands that Justice for Black Lives has in order to keep this safety and have it go beyond June 6th uh, and into June 2022, like ensuring the safety of Black folks in Winnipeg, Indigenous folks in Winnipeg, because when you when you better the Black community, you better your entire society. When you make space for those who are the most marginalized, then literally everybody succeeds. You amplify the quality of everyone's life. Yes. Like, literally everyone's life, and there's studies to show it. But, like, I want to hear your demands, and I want to see, like, the impact that that could have on...
2: Yeah, so, like, the overall... Uh, right now, so we have a petition up on change.org, which we really hope people can sign. I'm looking at it right now. We currently have 53,600 signed. So let's keep that going, people. There's like, we got to keep it going. We can make it, so the goal right now is to, to like the next goal is 75,000. So we can even get it bigger than that. But anyways, so the demands we have right now, like overall are defunding and abolishing would fake Police Service. So yeah, I, t- I said it before, Safra, like when you we're, when we're bettering the Black community, we're bettering the whole BIPOC community, like all marginalized folks, right? So the end goal is to make sure that everyone can feel safe, but particularly BIPOC people, because they're the most marginalized in our community, right? Um, also, talking about like we understand, like defunding the police is like it's not gonna be tomorrow. I wish that's my like you know, dear God, please make the abolishment be tomorrow. But it's not, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, go like of course we'd all want that for like next week, to be like yep, yeah, no more police, bye, see you later. But like you know it takes a long time it takes time and energy and like the work of the community but also the government to be a really 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 like uh full force on it so we understand that it's, gonna take a, it's gonna take some time and patience and energy and time so it's something that well
1: minnesota said that they could do it tomorrow and they've they've signed on to doing this so like yeah holding our systems accountable can uh, create change and create change like this this year oh for this, sure yeah like, it's,
2: it's mm-hmm. a commitment. Like, it, we, like yeah as you're saying before like they can say tomorrow we're abolishing the police but what action are going to take for the next exactly. or four months exactly. yeah exactly so we want to just make sure that people understand like this is something that can happen and will happen we want to like happen and we just got to make sure like we're holding like our our government accountable the the mayor brian bowman brian pastor all the people up in the ledge like <laughs> you know and then like also whenever a couple of other demands are just like uh, the city of winnipeg to make a public statement about the fact that uh, three individuals, so DeAndre Campbell, uh, Regis korchinski Paquette, and Jamal Francique, and just, like, saying, like, like saying, like, uh, a statement calling out immediate prosecution of the people that, uh, the police officers that did murder them, because it's just, like, these are three black Canadian people that have died in the last, you know, almost a month, I don't even know what time it is anymore, but very, very recently, and for them, the city would to say, you know what? This is a bad thing that happened, and how can we hold our country and how can we hold our government accountable for what happened to them rather than just staying si- mm-hmm. silent about it, right? Because we see this often happen all the time where, like, people are being murdered and buried aside. Like, oh, it's fine. It's over. No, mm-hmm. it's not over, though, because these are still people. So it's so like yeah. um, another demand is, like, telling like, uh, having Mayor Brian Bowman, like, acknowledge and condemn the actions of Winnipeg Police Services from, like, the last year, like, so in terms of all the Indigenous and Black people that have been murdered, so, like, Madhute, yeah. uh Aisha, Hudson, uh, Jason Collins, a couple names are also in the petition, just, like, saying, like, this happened, and we're gonna, we messed up, and we need to, like, be hold ourselves accountable. And then, yeah, just, like, making sure that we are, like, other demands in the sense of just giving, the city more resources in terms of a community support, and how can we decenter police and more community aspects to it in terms of our mental health services, education. Like without to abolish the police, it's not only abolishing police; it's but looking at other intersections of different institutions as well. So mm-hmm. holding other institutions accountable for their actions because you know we know police are in our, our school systems, police are in mental health sectors and healthcare, <laughs> and like they're everywhere. So we're trying to get rid of them in yeah. every single place. But there's a bunch more demands as well. Those are kind of gist of them. I really encourage folks, I encourage like non-Black, white folks, people in privileged positions to really read the petition and think about how can I be a better person, not a better person, be a better human and make sure like other people who are less, who are more marginalized than myself to like, you know, make sure that, that they're safe, right? So mm-hmm. a couple of things, hope it makes sense. No, it
1: really that has been making sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really like what I I admire most about um, the demands that we have is that they are realistic, um, and that these are actions that are founded on the principle of love, equality, and like safety. I love that all these demands are actionable, and all these demands include accountability. Yeah.
2: Um.
1: Which brings me to like the next part of my question. So, what can your everyday Winnipegger do? Like, uh, and I'm speaking specifically in the context of, <laughs> in the context of uh, Winnipeg, yeah. um, Because I feel like it's really important. I feel like acknowledging that it happens here, um, even the Instagram page it happens here, Winnipeg, or whatnot. not like, speaks to. The fact that this happens here in Winnipeg, this isn't, I, this is, these are not isolated incidents. This doesn't only happen in the States. This does not only happen in South Africa. And like even understanding like um, apartheid systems are based on Canadian systems. You know what I mean? And like, so how is it that we as Canadians and even more specifically, we as Winnipegers can help um, move this cause forward? So what are some actions that you want to see from like everyday Winnipegers? yeah that would be beneficial to you
2: i think yeah like, oh sorry small shout out to jada who was like doing a, a lot of the like the petition stuff and like getting those calls so, like shout out to her she did a lot of work with that <laughs> just reiterating all the things she yeah. has been like manifesting and being poof, right there all on the petition but um yeah i think that's a really really strong statement i think with it happens here because it, it's been happening here like I'm a baby that says I'm 21, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've experienced racism my whole life, and I've been around for a homie. (laughs) (laughs) And that's wild. Like, I shouldn't have to tell people that I've had over 100 experiences of racism if it means like microaggressions or like the huge ones, right? Like, being, you know, my name being spelled wrong and like being corrected constantly all the time, and like, you know, people telling me that my hair looks weird or like, or even just be like, you're not being hired because of this situation. Like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm going to leave. But like, in, in sense of just like, how can people do better? Or just like be better? It's just like, it's hard. I think it's a really hard question sometimes because I just get so frustrated where it's like this. We've been saying this for years and not even our, like ourselves yeah. moving the Sapphire. Like people mm-hmm. have been talking about this. Andrew Davis, Audrey Lorde, like James Baldwin, <laughs> like. Right. like all these people have been saying this for years and I don't know how to it's almost like I'm yelling at someone like do better like they the resources are there I think my I think for myself personally my own main focus is trying to educate black people and like uh BIPOC people who have not had the privileges of being in university and you know knowing where to find Angela Davis's text and stuff like that for white people I'm
1: like yeah. you've been knowing this like you've been told this like, <laughs> you oh. had access to these resources you had access to these institutions and yeah. access to this information so i guess i can reframe the question right now um as justice for black lives what would help propel um the actions that you have on your demand or what would help propel um actions that you have being planned for the future do you need more emails being sent do you need phone calls to be made? Do you need people to read X and X book or what what actions do you feel would be most beneficial for Winnipegers to take right now?
2: I think uh, that people should really read up on what it means to abolish the police. And how they can play a part in that and how make sure that that d- does become a thing that the government can say tomorrow saying yeah we're abolishing winnipeg police service and not give out these excuses of like we can't do it because of the x y and z because it can happen right so i just want people mm-hmm. in winnipeg specifically to do all do our research call your official call your mp call your mla bug them email them like you know like that's our job to listen to you so like if you got time and the energy and the, and the people to like tell it like tell like yeah Tell five friends, to, tell another five friends about, you know, to, to call certain people to make sure this is becoming right. becomes a thing. Um, in terms of just like supporting the group, I think it's just important to keep up to date with everything, show up to rallies, you know, call out uh, institutions or places or people that are being like anti-black and racist or just uh, disrespectful towards BIPOC people in the city, Re- learn, like just read, read a lot. Because I think we've provided so much information on our pages where it's like, it's all there, just not people just have to do the work and we've been doing the work yeah. for free. So it's like, <laughs> we're doing this like free labor of like out of love too, right? for our community to make sure people can feel safe, which is like another thing too. But I think the people that have the resources and the time and like the spaces to like speak up about this really, really, really need to. There's an urgency in Winnipeg right now to just really hold other people accountable. And everyone well. everyone. Like, no one's left out here. No, everyone can be called out. Everybody.
1: Yeah. No, and, like, just to touch on that aspect of things also, when we're looking, like, whether you are an art institution, whether you are a teacher, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you are a janitor, whether you are a receptionist or a social media connoisseur or an entrepreneur of sorts, like, this is a time where you use this space to be um, reflective and introspective of your practices as a, as an individual yourself. So as a business owner, um, how are my policies, um, including people of color and how are we including them in a way that is safe and respectful to them? And do I space in my policies to hear their complaints and to make changes based on what they come forward with? Yeah. Because, Winnipeg, and I'm speaking in the context of Winnipeg, Winnipeg is a place where we have people from all around the world, all around the globe, and we interact with each other on the daily, and yet our understanding of each other and each other's personal culture um, is limited. Like, how are you making space in your policy for these people, for everybody? Um, how are you making space for Black people? How are you... Um, considering their safety and is their safety within to your policy? Um, if I bring my complaint to HR, will I get fired? Because that happens a lot to black people, yeah. to people of color within the city. I no longer feel safe. I've done my job. I've I've written down my circumstance and da da brought it to the right channels. And rather than the person being held accountable for hindering my safety, um, I no longer have a position, which, which is not fair. So as whoever you are right now listening to this interview, how are you making space for the safety and inclusion? And the the two go together. You can hire Black people, but if you put folks in a position that is not safe for them, you are not doing your job. Yeah. You're traumatizing.
2: Causing so much harm. Like, you're causing more, like, I think, too, it's like this interesting thing of, like, right now, everyone's like, oh, you know, different institutions and different jobs places are getting called out for not hiring enough BIPOC people. That's, like, the first step. Okay, you're going to, like, go of all your white staff you your, like, you know, racist staff whatever. And then you, you cannot just replace Black people and, like, fill the gaps but not have the policies and not even, like, the policies, too. Like, the, like, cause I feel like a lot of times when I think it's a lot of lip service, like, we're going to do better, blah, 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 blah. But it's, like, where are the actions? Like, you better be firing that guy immediately, that person immediately when something happens. Like, put a full investigation rather than just letting it sit there and then putting the Black person mm-hmm. in way more harm, right? Like, being a, yeah. being a Black person, like, you know, being the only Black person in, in a job is, I think... Harm, it's harmful that's violence as it is like that's a straight up just like terrifying like you are the only black person in every meeting in every social setting like anything like that so but especially in a job place where you know like, your your time is your days are numbered <laughs> like literally like okay what am i getting fired <laughs> for like either because like either you stay so quiet and you like have to like become a different person and code switch or you become like you you are your person you know who you are and then get called out for being too angry and too annoying and too whatever. And then you're just like, who am I? And then why am I here? And then you end up quitting and you have like, you know, you've left five jobs in the last six months.
1: Which is bonkers. And none of that, none of what we've said is unfounded. These are real testaments to real experiences, to real circumstances that consistently happen and have been happening here in Winnipeg. And so there are real tangible ways of being a better person, a better ally. Um, I've come across the word accomplice and I, I really messed with that because you're not just supporting me, you are with me in the actions that are being taken. So there's ways, there's a thousand and one ways of being a good accomplice, a good ally um, to folks of color. So I guess I want to conclude this interview with um, an instance, a time, whether in recent history um, or the past, like within your life, where an act either from an ally or a fellow black person or a person of color an act of support or an act of solidarity that has literally brought you life i i would love to hear it and i would love to make space for it right now
2: mm, i guess i guess this, this past week that has definitely given me life <laughs> like who like who i feel like a human again <laughs> like not even like you know we the whole idea of what a productivity is, is like this weird notion, very colonial in the sense of like, what does it mean to be to be productive, right? But I think with this rally and with the amount of people that have shown love and support and care, it really makes me think about, yeah, the future. And not, not even the future in the sense of like, you know, um, a year from now, but like even just tomorrow. Like, what will tomorrow look like for me and other Black people in the city, right? Like, things can change. Mm-hmm. We've, we know things change so drastically. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's really hopeful, I think, for the future right now. And the, yeah, the future meeting next month or tomorrow. And like knowing that the, the people I surround myself with are good people. Like yourself, Sapphire, you're an amazing person. Shout out to Sapphire for like being the best, <laughs> oh, amazing. Because like people I mean, like yourself, I mean, like in the community, like who I've met in the last, what, year? I've met you like, you know, just a year ago. It was good. <laughs> so just, yes, I think just like for people in the city just to find solidarity with, with whatever community you like really connect with, if you're queer trans, black, indigenous, folks of color, so many different intersections of life, like finding finding your community and like finding the right people and surrounding yourself with that and making sure there's like love and care there. I think that's the one thing. I think sometimes people get jaded or shaded, like, you know, by like the whole act of what activism really means. But when it comes down to it, it's like, it's just about care and love. If I, you know, making sure that someone's like, there's water, there's food somewhere, you know? Making sure someone gets home safely like all those different things play into like this huge role of like what does it mean to like show up and show solidarity but if there's love and care for there then i'm like it's all good i'm set for life <laughs> but yeah. that me ask the question i guess the ally part just like give us money like give people give people money like if you see a job somewhere it's like hey that's my-, my friend could work there and then like you know make policies call it like call out your jobs for being racist and don't and especially if you're a white person too like use your power use your body <laughs> use it like hmm. put your body in the front line like yeah we're messing up right now we need to fix it like so like policies and making sure policies policies actually have action to it immediately and the urgency around that great but like you know i'm tired of seeing people with these damn book clubs i'm like okay cool you have a book club what are you gonna do about that book club you're gonna raise money for that have a fundraiser for that book club like think about it like come on people come on the book cute. Oh is adorable <laughs> but like you know oprah's been doing book clubs for how many years and you know that's a different anyway it's a different conversation about Oprah, anyway <laughs> but, <laughs> just like yeah I think people need to put more action into it. like you know reading is great but how are you going to be able to like are you going to give money to the like, authors i don't know so yeah.
1: that'd be so amazing that'd be so amazing thank you for highlighting what all these actions can look like um in our near future in our not even near future today this moment you're listening to this podcast you're listening to this interview you're hearing the voices of black women being amplified in this moment in time you are experiencing the joy that comes from this interaction and the insight that comes from this interaction so please if you're listening to this like how can you foster how can you create space real tangible space for these interactions to continue for us to flourish for us to live so the black lives matter isn't Meant to be said after we have passed, after we have dead and gone, like that's not what it is. Black lives matter today, black lives matter in your workplace, black lives matter outside of a capitalistic system, black lives matter outside of your personal gain, black lives matter in the day to day, beyond the singing of our song, beyond the flag of our clothes, beyond the joy of our dance. Black lives matter. So please, yo, know, if you have. If you have housing, if you have, so if you can pay someone's tuition, international students paying three times the cost of actual tuition. If you have quality housing, if you have clothes, if you have a grocery store, how can you benefit the life of any black body, um, trans, queer, otherwise, right now, right here in the States today? Who can you call? Who can you support? Who can you love? Who can you feed? Who can you transport? These are all very tangible ways of exercising that love that you say you have as an ally as someone who cares or as a human being in general so thank you for your time Miss (laughs) Mahala thank you for your team I am so glad so honored and so blessed to be in your production
2: thank you Sapphire oh my gosh you're amazing I can go off about how amazing you are and how great you are and how like you're like the, the embodiment of what community looks like and what should look like so I'm very grateful right now so thank you so much for your time.
1: Nah, sit up. I can uh, really <laughs> you yo, know, Thank you. I feel like that's everything. Um, is there anything that you want to add, Miss Mohollett?
2: Um yeah, sign the petition if you haven't done that already. The link is in the Justice for Black Lives Winnipeg Instagram account. So if you don't know how it's spelled, so it's justice, so J-U-S-T-I-C-E, the number four. Black lives, so B L A K. Podcast about Black. Damn, B L A K. Lives, L I V E S. Winnipeg, W I N N I P E G. On Instagram, uh, there's a Facebook event up on Facebook right now. Share with your friends. Tell five friends to tell another five friends to show up. And we have a we have a couple of things planned for next week, which has been already announced. But uh, you can look up on that. Follow me on Instagram, people1, mahala.c, M-A-H-L-A-T, I, I do other stuff Do I write, I do art, I take photos, you know, got stop promo for a bit, but other than that, support the group, like, 100%, you know, look out for other Black organizations in the city that support marginalized people, um, Indigenous folks too, and people of color, but yeah, just show up, show love, and that's it.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, final question. As you are telling me about the amazing stuff that you do, I realized I didn't ask you about the other amazing stuff that you do. Be school. <laughs> <laughs> this is for Black Lives. So you and your life, what do you do, Mohala? Tell I us do? about
2: you. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny because I realize I do, like, uh, so many things sometimes. I'm like, Mohala, you need to stop. am <laughs> like, enough. Cut it, cut it, cut it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I... So I did a radio show for a bit but it's kind of been a bit on hiatus right now so Femisphere but there are old episodes up on the CQW website you can check out that um currently I'm working doing stuff with like Rind um yeah we have hopefully we have things in the works soon but mostly Rind Winnipeg so if people don't know what Rind is it's like a a collective of BIPOC folks who have put on parties but also like making community connections with other BIPOC people um Pattern mm-hmm. Collective so myself, Duke Chukudubem, and Shanila like a poetry situation super fun super cool it's like a performance art we have instagram even instagram page for that one as well it's been super fun doing that hopefully that will grow in the next couple of months and stuff so that has been super fun um yeah i think that's everything i do i I'm, there's things coming in the works but i'll keep you updated i gotta keep the people on their toes
1: you know sure. we gotta go to the page and stay informed okay. you put us on you have given us access <laughs> so no thank you um, for our listeners, Ms. Mahalik-Huss is an interdisciplinary artist beyond the role of organizer. She is a poet. Do you do um, photography also? Mm. Yes. Yeah. All of the amazing things. Um, <laughs> making space um, for people of color, um, for BIPOC folks, always. Um I'm just a part of who you are, I guess, at this point in time. Um, always making space for the community, whether it be your projects like Ryan or the Patents Collective. I'm so appreciative for your time and for your
0: efforts. That was an interview with Mahalik Cuff of Justice for Black Lives Winnipeg. Please keep in mind also that if you are in an organization and your board needs diversification, please try. To have one 30-year board to represent some diversity, at least. Women, people of color, black, indigenous, different voices. Try to make it as representative as possible of the community that you serve. We got qualified people out there. Let's make it happen. This is 101.5 UMFM. Let's change this world.